It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the, the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Rush. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are and away we go into a sports weekend. It is the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Be careful out there. A lot of tough road conditions. Even if it's not freezing, even if it's not snow, just the hydroplaning effect of all the heavy rain is causing accidents around northern Indiana, so please be careful. Maybe you're heading to a sectional or maybe not because a lot of the sectionals tonight have been postponed. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we've got Maria Marcasano, women's basketball coach for Purdue Fort Wayne, who will join us after their big win last night. 73-69 over in-state rival IUPUI. They head to the semifinals of the Horizon League tournament down in Indianapolis coming up on Monday. And then, hey, if they get that win against top-seeded Green Bay, first of all, it would be a monumental win because Green Bay has been so dominant. I think they're like 28-3 and on the year. Uh, but if the Mastodons are able to get that victory in the semifinal, Get ready, because on Tuesday, we will be broadcasting the Women's Basketball Championship game right here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. All right, so let's go ahead and take a look at the sectionals. High school basketball sectionals tonight have been altered because of weather conditions, especially those sectionals taking place to our west and to our north. And so a quick rundown of who's going to play and if they're not going to play tonight, when they're going to play. So we start at Carroll where we will be tonight. I know we are originally scheduled to head to Garrett. Garrett has been postponed, so we'll be at Carroll. And game number one coming up at 6 o'clock is going to be the Northrop Bruins versus the East Noble Knights. And game number two will feature an all-SAC battle with the Snyder Panthers taking on the Northside Legends. Northside comes off that big win against Carroll on Tuesday. You, uh, If you're Gary Andrews, you hope that the team doesn't have a letdown because Snyder has struggled just 3-20 and 20 this year, but there is talent, and it's one of those games that it's like we cannot look past the Snyder Panthers. Um, I, you know, when I was in high school, and I've told this story probably uh, twice, maybe three times, maybe 110, but when I was in high school at Concordia, we set the record for the worst regular season in the history of our school. We were awful, and we admit we were awful. We were 4-15 and 15 during the regular season. You look at the sectional. Back then, we had Fort Wayne sectional one and Fort Wayne sectional two. Everybody prayed that the lowly Concordia cadets would end up in their sectional because it would be one other team they could kick the butt of, right? And so our first matchup was against Bishop Dwanger. Five overtimes, we prevailed. And somehow we got confidence and started to believe in ourselves. Hey, if we could outlast a really good Bishop Dwanger team who at that time uh, had quite a bit of talent, 
uh, we could maybe do something here. We took on Northrop. Northrop, I think, was state-ranked in the semifinal. We knocked them off. In fact, we blew them out. And then we played Harding in a championship and won the championship. We were the sectional two champions on to the regional the following week. And so in the record books at Concordia at that time, we were only the second team to win sectional in the school's history, which had dated back like 50 years. We were the second sectional champion, but we also were in the record books at Concordia as the worst team during the regular season in the history of the school as well. So that's not why I'm telling the story. I'm not trying to get cheers. I'm not trying to Al Bundy here. What I'm trying to do, Adam, is say it's a second opportunity for some of these teams that have struggled during the regular season, but they're young, they've gained experience, and this is really a whole new opportunity for a team like Snyder to make their season by knocking off a team like Northside. So forget the records. It's a rivalry game. We'll see what happens It could be a 30-point win for Northside. It could be a shootout. I don't know what kind of game you're going to get, but we'll have it for you right here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. And it will be played as scheduled, 6 o'clock for the first game and approximately 745 for game number two. Now, the sectional that was supposed to take place in Class 4A at Columbia City has been postponed tonight. Southside Wayne will play tomorrow at 10 a.m., followed by Columbia City and Homestead at noon, a 7.30 sectional championship tomorrow night. So it's almost a regional format to decide the sectional at Columbia City. Once again, Southside Wayne at 10, Columbia City, Homestead at noon, and the championship game as the two winners return at 7.30 at Columbia City. 3A at Northwood, that has been postponed tonight. You'll have Lakeland West Noble tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Fairfield Northwood will play tomorrow night at 7.30, and the two winners will return on Monday for a championship game at 7.30 at night. Then at Garrett, where we mentioned that's been postponed, they will play tomorrow at 6 and 7.30. It'll be Heritage Dwinger in Game 1, Concordia Woodland in Game 2, and then the winners return Monday night, 7.30, to decide the Garrett sectional champion. At Peru... They are on tonight, and they'll have Oak Hill versus Peru in Game 1, Maconaqua versus Norwell in Game 2, tomorrow night, the sectional championship game. Then at Westview in 2A, you've got uh, that postponed. It will be played tomorrow evening with Eastside Westview in the first game at 6, Central Noble Prairie Heights to follow, and the championship game will then be on Monday. Uh, also in 2A, South Adams games will be played tonight. We have not heard of a cancellation at South Adams. So the schedule includes Lures Adams Central to start play at 6 with Manchester Blackhawk, the second game at 7.30 or immediately following Lures versus Adams Central. Championship game still on tap for tomorrow night at South Adams. And in 1A, Canterbury in action tonight against Smith Academy. That is at Southwood. And that game scheduled as the second of two tonight at approximately 745. Championship game at Southwood will be tomorrow night. So there you go. That's what we've got. Now, if we've got anything that we've missed, let us know because we've been following all of the announcements. And this apparently is what is scheduled 
so far as to, to what's been posted out there by the respective schools. 46862 Parkview Sports Medicine text line. We have got a chance for you to win Doobie Brothers tickets. Yeah, we've got the Doobie Brothers coming to the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum on June 23rd. It is their 50th anniversary tour. And they will be hitting the Coliseum June 23rd. It will come up before you know it. And we've got a chance for you to win tickets. And all you have to do, now this is not the time to call. This is what we're going to play, much like we did yesterday. We're going to play this snippet of a Doobie Brothers song. And this, when you hear it the next time, the next time, then you want to call in to win. But listen for this sound. Listen to the music, and when you hear the music, you want to be caller number three at 447-8500. Write the number down, program it into your phone, 260-447-8500. And caller number three, when we play that snippet the next time, you call in, and caller number three will be our winner of the two tickets to go see the Doobie Brothers. Well, it seems like you've been following the NFL Combine, the media has picked their number one guy. Make no mistake about it, the media loves Bryce Young. The tape breakdown, the interview, although I did hear Anthony Richardson aced the interview process and was really good in the interviews. But there also is a consensus that Anthony Richardson hasn't played enough games because he only started one year of college And he's probably going to be a guy that has to go into a system where he can learn it for a year or two before he's ready to take over. I don't know if the Colts are in a position where they want to go with a, you know, that uh, that Band-Aid or or that uh, the guy who kind of ties now with the future. But um, but but Anthony Richardson, they said, has been terrific in the interviews, according to executives. But. Bryce Young seems to be the consensus pick, if you're listening to the media, as the number one guy in the draft. Now, if the Colts believe that Bryce Young is their guy, they need to be aggressive and get up to that number one spot, do whatever it takes to get to number one. If they stay at number four and they think they're getting Bryce Young, that's going to be a mistake. The other problem you've got, if you're the Colts and you think Bryce Young would be our pick if he's available, but we also like this guy and this guy. Here's the problem if you sit at number four. You've got a possibility of getting the fourth best quarterback off this list. I mean, yes, we don't expect that a couple of the teams there are going to take quarterbacks, but there might be somebody who could jump in and sneak into that number three spot, or Houston could move up and then someone jump into number two. You never know what could happen and the Colts, if they try to stay put because they protect those picks, it's going to turn into a chance at the fourth best quarterback going to the Colts. You get very few opportunities to get this high on the draft board. And if you truly believe you've got a quarterback that you can build a franchise around, you go get him. If you don't believe that guy's in this draft, then fine, stay at number four. But you might not want to take a quarterback. I mean, quite honestly, I'm fine on waiting if the Colts tank next season. Because between this year and next year, I'd rather have Caleb Williams anyway. But 
if Bryce Young's the guy that you believe can be that franchise guy, you've got to get up to number one some way, somehow, and figure out how to go get him. And that's what the Colts are going to have to do. A couple of other stories in the NFL that I found interesting, Adam. Uh, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, New York Giants. Uh, would you uh, would you call him elite? I wouldn't. No. Would you call him good? I'd call him decent. Decent. Okay. And that's an that's kind of a soft good. That's kind of like he's not bad, but good might be too strong, right? He's decent. He's manageable. He doesn't necessarily win you games, but he doesn't necessarily lose you games. He's a guy that if he's coached right and the plays are called right, you might be okay offensively. But he's not going to lift or elevate anybody around him. Well, apparently Daniel Jones is getting some really bad information. It's come out that he is asking for $45 million plus per year. He's asking for basically Patrick Mahomes-type money. I mean, you can't tell him fire your agent. He's ridiculous. But that, those numbers are insane. Isn't that uh, close to what Lamar wants on his deal? Or Yeah, Lamar wants 40-plus. Everybody wants that $40 million number. Does Daniel Jones think he's as good as Lamar Jackson? Uh, or? I, well, you've got... Lamar, I mean, Lamar, obviously, I mean, Daniel Jones at least was healthy this year. He had injury issues the year before, but um, I'm sorry, $45 million is ridiculous for Daniel Jones. Uh, but here's another interesting story. I don't know if you saw this, but this, this has made it around Twitter quite a bit today because there's a resemblance to this quarterback, apparently to Andrew Luck. And if it's not Andrew Luck, then what they're saying is that it's, it's Kirk Cousins and Andrew Luck having a child, and this is what they look like. But because this guy's like mugshot, which is actually his photo from the roster. Quentin Dormady, who I think I think that's how you pronounce it. Quentin Dormady was cut by the Guardians. He was a quarterback in the XFL. I don't even know where the Guardians play. The only Guardians I know are in Cleveland, and they're a baseball team. But the XFL quarterback, Quentin Dormady, was cut by the Guardians for allegedly giving plays to opponents. He was giving the plays of the Guardians to opponents of the Guardians. I would imagine there was some compensation exchanged in that. But the team heard rumors about this, and the Guardians investigated it, and immediately upon concluding their investigation, they cut him. So I guess it kind of gives a, 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 some insight that they might have found enough that they believe there's at least a reasonable suspicion that this guy may have been giving off plays. It's the Orlando Guardians. Well, he is no longer part of the Guardians, taken and removed from the team website immediately. He's actually... Reinstated. Oh, really? While they're while under investigation. So apparently, the the XFL Players Association, which I assume there is one, must have gotten involved somehow. They must have realized that they they didn't have enough to terminate his contract, huh? Yeah. Here's a quote for you, Brett. Yeah. Uh, additional information on the situation was brought to the attention of the league overnight. 
And the league has reinstated the player while it conducts a formal investigation into the issue. The situation is under review, and we will share more details regarding the findings as appropriate. So so when I I saw this story this afternoon, new developments have happened in the Dormady case. Wow. It's a rapid world in the XFL. Yeah, it's very fluid uh, as new evidence is being presented (laughs) to the league. (laughs) That is crazy. Um, but anyway, 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. We've got to take a break because coming up on the other side of the timeout, we get to talk with women's basketball coach Maria Marcasano from Purdue Fort Wayne. And, of course, it is a big day here on the Sports Rush as we get ready to go into a sports weekend. And don't forget, too, to shop with my friends at Christopher James Menswear. Everybody has something happening in spring, whether it's uh, maybe a wedding, uh, maybe it's a graduation you're going to be attending, and you've got to have that nice suit. Well, don't put something on that, well, quite honestly, might not fit. Uh, I've had that experience. You know, those COVID pounds still sit around my waist, and things that I thought were in my closet that fit when I went to put them on found out, ah, oh, guess not. Maybe that COVID weight is just sitting there at my waist and keeping me from buttoning these darn pants. Well, you know, if you've got, if you've got to get yourself a new suit for whatever reason, uh, make sure you go see my friends at Christopher James Menswear. I uh, I went and experienced them for the first time a couple of months ago. Always felt intimidated that I wouldn't be able to go in there and find something that I could afford, and I was I was actually very mistaken. Uh, I found something that was well worth what I spent to get it. Here's the deal: you go to Christopher James Menswear, they get you a suit, and then they custom tailor it so. You know, if you've got one of those odd bodies, maybe you're a little wide in the middle, a little narrow at the top, or maybe you're wide at the top, real narrow at the middle, whatever the situation might be. It's very hard. You go to a department store and every 42 long has a 35 inch waist. Okay. Well, maybe you're a 42 long, but maybe you got a little bit of a belly and you got a 38 or 39 inch waist. Well, that's going to be a problem when you try to buy your suits at the department store. That's why you go to Christopher James menswear and get the personalized service that you can experience there. And get a suit that is custom tailored to your fit and to your body. Christopher James Menswear right now has all the latest spring fashions, including some really, really sharp golf wear. So check it out yourself. Christopher James Menswear. Tell them I sent you. They're in Covington Plaza at the corner of Jefferson and Getz. Purdue Fort Wayne women's basketball team into the Horizon League championships as the sixth seed. They took care of number 11 seed Detroit Mercy on Tuesday and last night on the road at the jungle at IUPUI. Disposed of the in-state rival, the IUPUI Jaguars. The final score was 73-69. to What a thrilling win for the program and joining us on the guest line it is Purdue Fort Wayne women's basketball coach Maria Marcasano and coach. Congratulations, big time win last night. Thanks, Brett. It was a lot of fun. The girls really uh, made some big plays and, and came through at the right time. It was a great atmosphere down in there in Indianapolis, and like I said, just a lot of fun to be a part of. You know, and let's talk about that atmosphere because I love seeing the pictures where the students who have really kind of organized themselves into the herd and. Uh, they really traveled well. I mean, that was a very supportive crowd for a road game last night. It was amazing. The herd has been awesome for us all year long. The pet band came down. Uh, the herd came down. We had administrators down, men's basketball staff down, students, families. 
um, truly, I mean, every shot that went in, it was, I mean, you, you heard them. And, I mean, that's such a huge factor for us, especially on the road, to have that sort of support. Um, that, but not only that, our girls deserve that. They, they deserve that feeling. And it felt like a tournament game and, and so great for our kids to uh, be in that type of atmosphere and come away with a win. That kind of experience is invaluable. If I told you that uh, going into the game last night, you're going to be out-rebounded 38-24, to you will be outscored on second-chance points 19-2, to uh, <clears throat> would you have believed that there was any chance at all that you were going to be uh, in a position to win this game? Well, I knew you'd throw some stats like that at me, but, um, you know, it's one of those things where if you just take those stats alone, yeah, no, you can't, you know, you can't think that you'd win that game. But uh, we hit a lot of shots. Defensively, we were extremely solid, probably one of our best defensive efforts of the year. Um, and in the fourth quarter, when it mattered, we made plays. And, and I can't say enough about our kids because, you know, Breaking down that film, I just wanted to put, you know, the comment that this was a huge shot on every single clip because, of course, at tournament time, every shot is a huge shot. But, man, we just had, uh, you know, big play after big play made, and it wasn't just by one person. It was multiple people that stepped up at different times yesterday. It was it was so awesome to see. And uh, definitely a Maria Marcasano influence on the stat sheet as well. 13 of 23 from three-point land. But we've got to talk about Audra Emerson. I mean, on fire. Give her the fire emoji once, twice, maybe three times because she hit some huge shots in that first half for you to build that lead. She, yeah, she was unbelievable. She's been playing so great down the stretch here. I think the stat sheet says that she went six of seven from three, but honestly, the only three that she actually missed was one that she had to heave up at the end of the shot clock. It wasn't even like a regular shot. So, really, she went six for six from three, was unbelievable, uh, just playing with a great poise right now. She's got a little bit of a swagger going for us. And, and really, um, you know, her hitting those shots gives everyone else confidence. And so, um, you know, that was huge yesterday. And, and, and really just like it has been these last couple, three or four games, just her presence on the floor uh, we haven't been able to keep her out of the game. I mean, she's playing 38, 39 minutes right now for us and, and, and playing huge. You know, you had two really long runs where you had scoring droughts, but you overcame them as well. <clears throat> Team showed a lot of resiliency to deal with, uh, you know, the flow of the game and to be able to maintain composure and get that momentum back on your side. I, I thought it said a lot about the growth of this team. We talked about that a lot before the game and, and again at halftime that, Focus on the next play. Whether you just hit a big shot or you just made a terrible turnover, whatever it is, um, we've got to focus in on the next play because every play means so much um, at this time of year. And there was a couple different times, you know, one that comes to mind, Flair Starks turns the ball over, she stays, keeps her poise, and immediately, you know, steals it right back and then goes and get it, gets an and one. Um, and it was plays like that that allowed us to, to you know, weather those droughts. Um, and the mentality of this team and the growth of this team and, and how they deal with adversity now, it, Brett, that shows you how far they've come because, you know, a year ago this time, those droughts or those turnovers would have gotten to us mentally and, and they don't affect, they don't affect us as much anymore and we're able to bounce back in those situations. This team beat Youngstown State when Youngstown State was sitting in first place in the Horizon League standings a little over a month ago and then came back and last week had a real battle with Green Bay. Did the team gain confidence in being able to see how they match up with some of the elite teams and, and believe that, hey, we deserve to be on the court with these teams? 
Yeah, I think, you know, there's little victories along the way, but when you're able to secure a win against a top-notch program, um, it does it does build belief in, in your players. And I think um, even some of the close losses we've had, you know, Cleveland State has destroyed people all year long, and we are one of the teams that has played them tougher. We've been able to score against them. And the second time around, we played them extremely close. And then obviously we go up to Green Bay, and, you know, a couple shots fall late in that game, and it's a whole different outcome. Um, so even some of those small, you know, short, close losses have built some confidence, but definitely the wins over Youngstown, NKU, at homecoming, that stuff builds confidence. And, and not only our players, but, you know, the people around us, they start to see that we belong, and, and that's an awesome feeling. I made the comment while watching this game last night that uh, I think there was probably five or six minutes or so left. I think it was in the fourth quarter. And Shayla Sellers had had a pretty quiet night. And I said, this is the time when they need her. She's got to step up. And I think she made back-to-back plays, back-to-back buckets. That really, to me, kind of showed the leadership that she has, understanding the moment her team needs her. And despite having a pretty quiet offensive night up to that point, she really stepped up big time. Shay and I had quite the heart-to-heart at at that timeout right before that, Brett. (laughs) And, And the thing that I love about Shayla is you can coach her hard and you can get on her. And she responds, and I told her, you're being timid on the offensive end. We need you to step up. And, and right after that timeout, she came out. She had a massive drive to the hole. I think she probably even got fouled. They yep. didn't call it. She finishes it. The very next possession, uh, shot clock's running down. She hits a fadeaway in the lane. And then two possessions later, she hits a big three. And that's how you respond, and you're exactly right. She's the heart and soul of our team, and for her to come back and hit those shots in the fourth quarter when we needed her most, that's, that's just who she is. On to the semifinals at Indianapolis. It'll be played at Indiana Farmers Coliseum coming up on Monday at one or at noon. And uh, it's number one seed Green Bay. And I would expect you would go into this game with confidence, but I would also expect that, uh, you know, Green Bay has, has served noticed that uh, what you can do. And so I would expect this to be a very high level competitive game. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, we just played up there. We played them tough. Um, but the thing about Green Bay, Brett, is, man, they've been here every single year. They've been here. They've done this. They have so many championship banners. Um, so they're going to come in here poised, experienced, ready to roll. We've got to have a really good game plan in place. We've got to make some tweaks. We've got to figure out some different ways to stop them. And, and honestly, we've got to hit some shots just like we did yesterday. Um, I'm excited for the challenge. I think the girls are ready for it. I think they know that, you know, we let one slip away at their place a week ago. So it'll be an exciting game, and and hopefully we get the same support down in Indianapolis. I've heard a ton of people are coming down, so it should be a lot of fun. How do you avoid uh, being satisfied with where you're at? And and, and I'm not – I don't want to project anything, but – you know, this team hasn't been part of a semifinal. They they haven't been a team that's advanced through a tournament to this point. Um, you know, the, the eyes on the prize is not just getting there. The eyes on the prize is getting ultimately to cut down those nets. Is is there any concern as a coach that there could be some satisfaction with just making it there? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess definitely for our group like yesterday they wanted to dump the Gatorade bucket on me and I said absolutely not we haven't we haven't won anything yet um there might be a little concern that we would lose focus but honestly Brett you know watching film with that group today they they are focused they are excited for the next step they're not satisfied um you know I think they're they're proud of where they're at because they they've shown that they've come a long way in two years um they've built up some some confidence in our fan base and 
um, you know, made excitement in this program. But I, I don't think they're um, they're satisfied. They're addicted to this feeling, and that's what we keep talking about: staying hungry, being addicted to this feeling, keep doing the things that we've been doing all along that got us here. And I think, um, you know, the next couple of days of prep, they're excited for that, and and just really this whole process. You know, I think what you got to do with today's younger uh, people is you've got to tell them a championship could make one hell of a great video because that's what it's about, right? It's about the video. About the uh, the social media life. The, the TikTok. Yeah, the TikTok. The Instagram. Phenomenal job. There's some good content out there. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, we're all excited for you. We're all proud of the program and uh, the progress that it's made under your leadership. Can't wait to see what happens coming up on Monday. And the good news is uh, once you win that game on Monday, we'll be down there Tuesday to broadcast the championship game. So we can't wait for it. Awesome. Awesome. We appreciate it. And we hopefully we'll see you Tuesday. At, uh, that is terrific. Congratulations again, Coach. And uh, have a great weekend in preparation. All right. Thanks, Brett. That is Maria Marcasano, women's basketball coach, Purdue Fort Wayne, joining us here on the guest line. And she has done an unbelievable job of building this program from literally nothing, a one-win team. And all of a sudden now, look at where they're at. Uh, I think they had, what, nine wins, something like that, a year ago. Uh, they are now 14-18 and 18 this year with 14 victories. Uh, they are against Horizon League competition so far this year. They're 11-11, and 11, and they will try to knock off the Goliath coming up on Monday. The Green Bay Phoenix will be up next, a noon tip down in Indianapolis, part of the Horizon League Championships, a semifinal, and uh, and that's going to be uh, fantastic for the program just to play in it. But, you know, while some of us that are fans will feel like, hey, you're almost free rolling now because, you know, you, nobody expected you to get this far, you also don't want the team to accept that this is, you know, further than anyone anticipated us advancing. We're ahead of uh, where we should be as far as a program and growth under this coach because they've got they've got to believe that they've got every chance to win this thing because they've they've played some basketball that's proved that they beat a really beat a really good team in IUPUI last night on the road at the jungle at their place, uh, a team that had beat them twice during the regular season. Uh, and so I'm excited to see what happens come Monday. What are you uh, eyeing me for here, Adam? I, nothing? Okay. Nothing. We'll come back because we've got to give an update on the scheduled postponements tonight. We've got to also step aside a few minutes early because we've got Michael McIntyre ready to call high school basketball tonight. But he's not going to be where you think he's going to be or where we said he's going to be all week. We actually switched him. And if you didn't hear the show earlier, we'll have to tell you what games you're going to hear tonight at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Not good for the Pacers last night. Losing to, is it the last place team in the league, San Antonio? They've been Ooh, the let worst. Me check. Let's just say this. They've been the worst team in the NBA over the last month or so. And the Pacers lost to San Antonio last night. Tyrese Halliburton didn't play. Pacers couldn't score. It, it seemed like to be one of those games where the Pacers thought they were going to win just by showing up, and they left with a really bad lesson. So they're the second worst team in the in the NBA. They're sixteen and forty-seven. The only team behind them, the Houston Rockets. And what are the Rockets? Thirteen and forty-nine. Okay, well, I guess it's not the worst, but pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, Wembayama. <laughs> yeah, Wembayama sweet. Bring it on. 
Uh, let's talk about high school basketball sectionals tonight because the weather has impacted our area schedule. They're on at Carroll. In fact, Michael McIntyre is standing by. We're going to join him coming up in less than 15 minutes. And coming up tonight, you'll hear the Northrop Bruins take on the East Noble Knights and the Snyder Panthers, Northside Legends. After the game, be sure to join us for the Parkview Sports Medicine postgame show live from the Pine Valley Pizza Hut. And, of course, our high school basketball coverage tonight presented as always by Indiana Physical Therapy. Columbia City, therefore a sectional with Southside Wayne, Columbia City, Homestead. Those games moved to tomorrow morning. First game between Southside and Wayne is at 10 a.m. Columbia City and Homestead will tip it at around noon. The championship game then will be Saturday night at 7.30. So they will finish the whole sectional in one day. 3A, Northwood postponed. That will be played tomorrow at 6 and 7.30 for the semifinals with the championship game scheduled for Monday night. Then you go to Garrett where uh, that has also been postponed. They will play tomorrow night, the semifinals, at 6 o'clock. Heritage takes on Dwanger at 7.30. Concordia will play Woodland. Championship at Garrett will be 7.30 Monday night. Games are on at Peru tonight with Oak Hill Peru, followed by Maconaqua and Norwell. The two-way sectional scheduled for Westview has been postponed. They will play the semifinals tomorrow night at 6 and 7.30. Eastside Westview starts it off, and Central Noble Prairie Heights will be the nightcap with a 7.30 Monday championship game. Two-way at South Adams. They're scheduled to tip coming up in just a few minutes. And game one features the Bishop Lewis Knights against Adams Central. That will tip at 6, Manchester Blackhawk to follow, and a uh, championship game still on tap for tomorrow night. And the 1A at Southwood still scheduled tonight with uh, North Northfield Southwood opening it up. Smith Academy takes on Canterbury in game two and the championship as scheduled for tomorrow night. There's your updated list. Uh, once again, the postponements for tonight at Columbia City, at Northwood, at Garrett, and at Westview, anybody basically north or northwest? Yeah, it's, it's getting gross. Uh, we'll take a timeout. We're going to come back and put the final finishing touches on this Friday edition of the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back. Final time to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, four to six. About the final two minutes or so of our show, and then we're going to turn it over to Michael McIntyre standing by at Carroll High School. It's Class 4A sectional. It is not Garrett tonight. That has been postponed. It is the Carroll sectional. And uh, quite a bit of work this afternoon to shuffle things around, and we appreciate not only Athletic Director Dan Ginder, but also the IHSAA for their assistance in uh, getting us approved to go over to Carroll since our sectional that we were scheduled to cover at Garrett was postponed. So we've got two games for you starting at 6 o'clock, and you've got East Noble taking on Northrop to open it up at Carroll, and that'll be followed by the Snyder Panthers and the Northside Legends at uh, about 7.45. And then somewhere just after 9 o'clock, We'll have the Parkview Sports Medicine post-game show live from the Pine Valley Pizza Hut. If you're heading out to the games at Carroll, might as well swing by and enjoy some pizza. Maybe get yourself dried off. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe pasta is your thing. Wings are your thing. I'm down for whatever, so I'm looking forward to being there tonight. The Cinnabon Rolls. Oh, man, I'll tell you, Pizza Hut's got it all. Does I mean, you open up that app, 
Yeah, it's like, I'll take one of this, one of that, one of this. Uh, but the show tonight at uh, just after 9 o'clock until 1030, not only recapping what games did get played tonight, setting up sectional championships, but also giving you an update as far as the schedule for remaining games and when they've been postponed too, because there'll be some sectionals playing tomorrow morning, there'll be some tomorrow night, some sectional championships tomorrow night, some sectional championships on Monday. We'll get you all up to date. Well, that does it for us. Big thanks to Greg Rakestraw for joining the program. Also thanks to the voice of the Comets, Shane Alberani, and of course, Maria Marcasano, women's basketball coach at Purdue-Fort Wayne. Hope you have a great weekend. The Big Ten regular season ends. Big one coming up for IU on Sunday at Simon Scott Assembly Hall against the Michigan Wolverines and Indiana get up to that two spot. I I have no idea how this is all going to sort out. Everybody's basically got the same record through most of the Big Ten standings right now. Yeah, call the Beavers because we have a log jam. Oh, oh, good one, Adam. And speaking of a log jam, there is a traffic tie-up right now. And that is uh, between the two Auburn exits, between the one at the Auburn Sports Park and the one at downtown Auburn. Uh, I-69 has closures, and if you can avoid 69 in that area, you may want to. That does it for us. Have a great sports weekend. Enjoy high school basketball covers presented by Indiana Physical Therapy coming up next. This has been the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.